All right, we're live. Football fans, welcome to the Week 8 Recap Roundtable. On today, we got Amino Bambino representing Broncos Nation. So we're going to go ahead and get started with that game. Denver Broncos beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 21-17. Basically, what I saw in this game, it was an ugly game, and they barely did it. But Russ and the Broncos finally pulled one out. I mean, as our Broncos rep here, I want to get your thoughts. All right. So, I mean, from the beginning of the game, like, they, they definitely started very slow. Uh, and uh, that whole combo, I don't know, it's it's very confusing. So, it's like, is it Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach that, like, is he really failing as a head coach? Or is it really Russell Wilson? Or is it, like, a combination of both? Um, I mean, we thought that we got the Zuru and Nathaniel Hackett. We also thought that, you know, we traded the farm for Russell Wilson. So we also thought that, you know, we were getting something good over there. Uh, maybe Pete Carroll knew something that we didn't know, right? Um, and then uh, the whole, like, positivity and the positive vibes, I'm with that. But, you know, you can only be positive for so long if you're not going to progress, right? And so that's kind of my view on the thing. Uh, I've been all about Broncos Nation. I've been, like, you know, trying to follow, like, what they're saying in the sense of trying to be positive after the game. It's like, okay, you know what? If it wasn't for this play or that play, you may not have it when you like people need to make plays. And so, me and the coach saying that, that's kind of like, that's like a very awkward moment. Uh, but, speaking of the game, uh, the Jaguars came through, they came through on top of the game. Uh, once again, very slow start for the Broncos. Uh, I'm very surprised that we hit 21. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the first time, that, that is the first time after seven games to hit 21, and you have Russell Wilson as a quarterback, and all these amazing weapons, you know, we have uh, Hamler, uh, you got uh, Corlin Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, uh, the new tight end, I forgot what's his name. Uh, yeah, Dulcich. Dulcich. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. That guy is like the next level type of type of player. Yeah. Um, and then also we have a crappy O line, right? Um, and, and then I saw this earlier in the show where it's like the parallel is very interesting. So Russ wanted to leave because the Seahawks didn't have an O line, and then now they have like a stud beast O line, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I know. Well, you know, the thing is, those two picks, two of the picks that they used to get Russell Wilson, they used them on offensive linemen. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. And so, and so now they have an O-line, and, and now, here you go again, once again, Russ with no O-line, right? Yep. Yeah, like our O-line, I would say, was probably like C, C minus, but then we had two major injuries on the O-line, and so now we're like at a D level, you know? And so, yeah. happy O-line. Um, also, I don't, I don't think Russ is the guy, but, you know, they finally made it work. They made it happen towards the end. Um, and uh, I feel like Russ is kind of like, he's not Russ, but Russ and the Broncos are patrolling the league. Everybody's making fun of us. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's insane. I know. Uh, I know I sent, you, I sent you a few reels, right? And yeah. Like, dude, like, <laughs> I know. What's his name? Did you see the, the Tucker? Justin Tucker, the freaking kicker. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. That's insane. He's, he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we had Jackson going out there doing high knees and we're about to fall out. And then he's like, Ravens flock, let's fly. Like, oh. <laughs> you can't do that. 
Yeah, man, that was too much. That was too much. But you know, man, going back to this team, you know, you talked about the offense, but the defense is also one of the best units in the league. I mean, they were great last year, and they thought that the missing piece this year was going to be Russell Wilson because they had inconsistency with quarterbacks over the past two or three years. And you know what? At the end of this game, I, I saw the way Russell Wilson looked at the camera at the end when he said, Broncos country, let's ride. And he held it for an extra couple seconds. Like, I know y'all I know y'all are clowning on me, but I got this one. And this is probably the start of excelling, at least. At least they're going to be a better team, I think. But, I mean, look, look, look. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's put everything in context, right? It's like two, two and five teams. Right, you know, we didn't we didn't beat a great team. Obviously, defense is always there, and they're the only they're the only reason why we haven't gotten embarrassed. They're the only reason why we didn't lose by like twenty plus points yeah. per game. Yeah. You know, it's because of the defense. Right. Um, and it's just a very sad situation. Uh, just looking at it overall. Uh, and uh, the thing that sucks is like you can't tank because you gave you gave up the farm, right? We gave up all our draft picks, and so like tank or not, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's that's the tough part about it. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. Yeah, and the draft capital, I thought, you know, and they still might make a move uh, before the trade deadline to get back some draft capital. I thought they were going to trade Jerry Judy, uh, and they still might do it. But you're right. They gave yeah. up a lot of draft capital. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. They're, they're talking about trading Jerry Judy and Chubb. And so if trade both of those guys, I mean, like, look, we don't necessarily need a Jerry Judy, but he came up big time this game. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of Chubb defensively, like we're pretty stacked. Yeah. So like I know that they're gonna fill those gaps in those positions. Yeah. Um, with uh, like a jewel, uh, with, with that number fifty six, I think Browning. Yeah. Browning's been killing it. You know, yeah. I think he's like Von Miller two point for us at least. You know, yeah. he's been doing big things. Absolutely. Uh, but one thing, one thing that shows you once again going back to the home line. We had so many sacks this game. They sacked us so many times. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's like one of those things. Like I don't want them to hype me up too much. I don't want them to be five and five. Yeah. Because then my, you know, then my level is going to go up, and like I'm going to like wish and hope that they're going to do big things. Yeah. And then it's going to be a disappointment once again, just like it's, it has been since Peyton Manning. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. Oh, why? Are you are you on the call? Can you hear? What's up? Yeah, yeah, I can hear, man. Sorry, I'm driving back, so I'm just keeping myself muted in case there's like a, a sound in the background. No, you're good. You're good. Do you have any thoughts on the on the Broncos beating the Jaguars? Did you see any highlights there? Or did you wake up and, and watch that game? Oh yeah, I saw I saw some of that game. Um, it's a little weird because like it was on ESPN, but I guess you had to have ESPN Plus to watch it. Um, but yeah, like I um, you know, I I kind of thought that the the, the Broncos. Uh, the talent that they have on defense would kind of tip this game in their favor. Um, you know, I, I, I continue to think that that defense is, you know, definitely a top five unit, one of the best in the league. And uh, I, I think Russell actually played better today. You know, there were there were spots where he he looked a lot better. Uh, it was a little shaky in the beginning with that one pick he threw, but I think he looked a lot better today. Um, on the flip side, I think. You know, I don't know what it is with Trevor Lawrence, man, but he's some of those like red zone throws and goal line throws that he makes, and they turn into like picks. Like this is like the second or ter- third time he's done that this year, um, and maybe he's still learning and growing, and that's fine. But you know, that's something he's got to cut out. Um, but yeah, how about Travis Etienne, right? Like he just kind of blew 
blew up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was definitely a beast. Honestly, like, uh, I feel like if you want to talk about, like, MVP offensively, like, yeah. He, he definitely killed her. Absolutely. Yeah. Etienne, this was his first game as the full-on starter after James Robinson left. And he finally showed his worth. I mean, 156 rushing yards. Everyone kind of tags this guy as just a guy, a receiver out of the backfield, whatever. 156 rushing yards. He added one catch for six yards as well. But I think he is he's going to be one of the, the premier running backs in this league. So we're going to move on to the next game. I mean, if you want to stick around... And talk some of these next games. It's up to you. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, the the Eagles I, and, the, I, and the Steelers. I, I will for a bit, but like honestly, I have no input. Um, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'm the I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I like my teams, and I just I only follow my teams. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so it, it's it's a you know I might not be able to give some input, but like I'll stick around just to like hear hear some of the commentary there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. By the, by the way, I'm a, I'm yeah. a you, you guys commentary. And honestly, just to add on to that, uh, I was super hyped when I saw that. I was like, man, this is like pro level type of stuff, you know, and uh, well played, guys. And hopefully it keeps on going and keeps, you know, the momentum rolls up like an avalanche, like the avalanche that won the Stanley Cup last year. Oh, there you go. Colorado pride, baby. I love that. No, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And it's great to have you on. So we're going to move on to the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. 35 to 13. The basic takeaway for me on this one, AJ Brown is a superstar. Oh, why? I know this kind of hurt to see a little bit, but it was probably expected, at least by most. Yeah, yeah. You know, I look pretty stupid today, and that's okay. That's okay. Like I, um, I've looked stupid I, before too. I um, I was, I was hoping, you know, that. You know, I had hope until like the day before when Watt was officially ruled out, and then they lost their kicker, and I was like, "All right, this is this might turn into like a forty-point blowout or something." But yeah, you know, I mean, you, credit to the Eagles. Like, um, like I said before, they have one of the best rosters, top to bottom, in the league. You know, they're they're loaded at those positions. I agree. You know that AJ Brown, unfortunately, you know, I have to admit he might be the best receiver in that division. Um, you know, that was a great get for them. I don't think Robert Quinn did too much today. You know, they just traded for him. I don't think he did too much today. Wow, I, I'm, by the way, it's totally random, but I'm driving behind this dude and his license plate. His license plate has mustardy with, like, four Ys. So I don't know if you know him or not, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally random. But, oh, my God. Um, Amin yeah, might know so, him. I don't know. Amin knows a lot of mustardies, too. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Right now, right, it's it's been like what? Uh, what is it? Week uh, week eight. Week eight. Right? Yeah. yeah. So week eight. So predictions. Uh, AFC, NFC. Who's going to the championship game? You know, and then like, who do you guys think is you know is good enough to to really like rock the whole deal? And like, you know, who's the real deal? Yeah, I mean, relevant to this game, I would say the Eagles right now look like the most formidable team in the NFC. Uh, with uh, Dallas close behind. And if my Seahawks can get it together, uh, it looks like their offense and their defense is converging. Uh, and then in the AFC, um, the Bills playing right now, I think look pretty formidable. Yeah. Who do you guys think? Yeah. 
Yeah, I would I would echo that. I, I think I think you know AFC is easy for me. I think the Bills and the Chiefs are the two kind of you know I think they're the cream of the crop, and not just the AFC, but I think the whole league really. And then I think there's kind of a there's a, there's a small gap, and then I think you you, you have the next uh, set of teams, and you know in the NFC that's actually really wide open. I think you know. You probably have to give it to the Eagles right now because because of the record and you know they've kind of earned it. But again, I think you know I think Dallas, San Francisco, and I think the Seahawks round out that group of teams. I think who can kind of compete, you know, to to get deep into the playoffs. I think those are the teams right now that are starting to separate themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who who do you think NFC AFC? I mean, like, what do you guys think about the Giants? Well, the Giants got beat by my Seahawks today, so yeah, I, 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 I see them as frauds. Yeah, I, I mean, like, going with the Seahawks, uh, like I said, you should you should check out That's Good Sports. Yeah. So he's like a Broncos dude, yeah. uh, but he talks about the league and, you know, that, that kind of thing. He gave a breakdown about Geno Smith, and the breakdown was actually pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, just, just kind of saying, like, like his whole journey in the league, right? yeah. and it shows that Gino was actually like one of the top guys, but he never really had everything together where he had really a chance to make something happen. Uh, Gino didn't just come out of the woodwork, you know. Uh, Gino's been doing things, and uh, you know, he, he was picked up to do that for the Jets, uh, but they never had the full composition to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like right now with Pete Carroll, I mean, Pete Carroll is a genius, you know. If you can do it in college and you're doing it in the league, you're like an next level best coach. Amazing. And these are back-to-back revenge games for Geno Smith, and you're absolutely right. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later when we talk about that game. The last thing I'll say about this Eagles game, that Eagles pass rush, whenever I watch this game, whenever they came into this game, the Eagles pass rush was in Pickett's face the entire day. They made it very uncomfortable for him. This was a game in the first quarter and a half. But then the Eagles just kind of consolidated this game, showed Pickett that he was a rookie, and they took off from there, and it ended up being a blowout. Anyway, moving on to the next game. Atlanta Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers 37-34. to This was a wild game. Almost ended in a tie, and the kickers played a big role in this. Oh, wow. Did you see this game? What do you, what do you, what do you got? I did watch this game, um, at least like the latter half of the game. My big thing is they gotta stop. They gotta stop cutting to the kickers like after they miss these kicks because I feel so bad for them, bro. Like seeing their reaction to the misses is just like, all right, man. Like I know it's their only job, but at some point I'm just, I just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm too too much of a softie. But yeah. um, you know, I, I think as far as the Falcons go, you know, I think Cobb Pitts was a lot more involved today, uh, so that's good for fantasy purposes, and I think. Like, honestly, it's good in general. I've, like I said before, I have no idea why they're not really focusing their whole offense around him, which is what they need to do. No. Um, but it's crazy to me to think that, you know, the Falcons are now leading that division at 4-4. Four four, crazy. Uh, which is, enough. again, that division is completely wide open. I would not be surprised if Tampa Bay came back and won that division. But right now, you know, props to them. And um, they need to get rid of that stupid helmet rule, uh, which is – what I call the Emmett Smith rule because he used to do that and he would take the helmet off and they instilled that rule. I just think it's a stupid one of those stupid rules that, you know, you penalize guys for fifteen yards, which makes no sense. But yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. 
You're absolutely right, man. And it's some of my takeaways from this game, and I'm going to touch on that point that you made. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, and on his pick six, he's a linebacker for the Falcons. That guy looks like a – he runs like a linebacker, man. I think that they should yeah. use him on offense a little bit. Uh, a, a few other things. Uh, Marcus Mariota's elusiveness is very, very important to this Falcons offense, and it really kept them in this game and allowed them to win. Um, Algier, also the running back, he used to be a linebacker in college. And he's definitely built like one. He's built like more like a square, you know, like those roadblocks. You know, that's that, that's the way he's built. And his nimbleness, like as a running back, is very very impressive. And my last takeaway about the Falcons, Demir Bird, they got to get that ball in his hands more because every time he gets that ball in his hands, he's a game breaker. And to your to your point about DJ Moore, they should have won this game at the end. There, that was a dime that PJ Walker threw to DJ Moore. I'm so happy they're finally getting him involved. But him taking off his helmet there, pushing that uh, kick back 15 yards, is what cost him the game. Yep. Crazy. I mean, he should have known. He definitely, that was, that was definitely a mistake on his part. Uh, but I'm not, like, uh, I'm not letting him off the hook here. I just think that yep. the rule is stupid. I agree. Whatever. I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Yeah, right. and a bunch of the rules have been like uh, they've been like extra, extra soft. You know, or, or like for example, like somebody's going after the quarterback, and then they just like push them. Right? It's, it's just a push. You know? Yep. Like come on. You know? And then you get like a 15-yard penalty, and like it's it's not a good look. You're absolutely right. Like they, they need to stop being soft, and it's similar to like uh, you know the, the NBA, like uh, you know the, the, that shady stuff that was going on, where uh, where they were told like, all right, you know this game, look over the carry, right? It's like if somebody's carrying the ball or like somebody's traveling, all right, let's call that out, right? Yeah. I feel like the NFL is the same thing, and it's like busy on ice, uh, you know, like. Um, <laughs> Last game, I forgot who the Broncos were playing, and and I know they gave us a lot of calls just because they want prime time Russ. And me as a fan, I don't like that. Yeah, no, I agree. There is a big issue, a big issue with with, with softness in the league and uh, a lot of protection of certain people and stuff like that. And even that rule about taking off your helmet, like Omar said, the the, the Emma Smith rule. Um, you, you should be promoting your players by having them take their helmets off to see their face. That's better for your brand. So to call that taunting or whatever, I didn't like that. I don't agree with that, but it did cost them this game. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys beating the Chicago so, so, Bears. Go ahead. So I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off. Okay. I mean, thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it, man. We look forward to having you on in the future. And Broncos for country. Sure, for sure. Let's uh, ride. Look, look, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, let's fly. Let's fly, baby. There you go. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but anyways, uh, no, it, it was very awesome. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again next week. I'll actually, like, you know, follow the games a little bit more. Uh, but like I said, I'm very specific to my team. But I'll just be home. Uh, yeah. Easy to be safe. Absolutely. Sit up, Great to see you, Bambino. Take care, bro. Have a time. All right, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys beating the Chicago Bears 49-29. to Omar Yusuf, my, my main takeaway from this game, and you already know it, Dallas is so blessed to have Tony Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they um, You know what? what? What more can I say? Like, he's, the guy is so explosive uh, with the ball in his hands. I was, I was a little surprised, you know, at how well he performed today. Like I, I knew he had that big play ability. 
my big thing was always, oh, can he do it consistently? And I think, you know, he was extremely efficient today. I don't think he actually touched it that much. I think he might have had less than 20 carries. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, three scores, over 100 yards. Like, he, he totally crushed it today. Jack um, looked great today, which I think was the most important takeaway because if, if he can, you know, you know, No, you're absolutely right. You know, I think this was the second game all season that uh, Dallas defense has given up 20 points, but I think it was mostly kind of in in garbage time. But you're right. I agree. I think the Chicago Bears should lean all the way in to this run concept because between Field and Khalil Herbert and uh, David Montgomery and some of the other guys that they have on offense as well, uh, I think that that can be their strength and they can just lean all the way into it and have that be their identity. And then Fields can kind of progress as a quarterback as he goes. He has some good targets. Mooney, Komet finally caught his first touchdown since 2020 today. But absolutely, Dallas continues to look dangerous. So that's my main takeaway. You're right. Moving on to the next game. Minnesota Vikings beat the Arizona Cardinals 34-26 to in a very tightly contested game. Kirk Cousins continues his reign as the 1 p.m. GOAT. What say you, O.Y.? I don't think that they're like the elite of the NFC, which is already weak, by the way. But I don't 
the division, I think, pretty early, especially if the Packers keep losing. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, man. They just seem to take care of business and beat the teams that are worse than them. Uh, even though today was very, very close, you're right. You mentioned Hopkins. He had a one-handed, left-handed, incredible touchdown catch today, and he's a game-changer, man. I mean, he you know, p- puts them uh, at least like one level above what they were without him. So he's he's a game-changer. I think he had also like 150 yards uh, receiving. Yeah, I, I, I always... <laughs> Because of how he performed with like no quarterback for so many years in Houston, like what he did, and then he came to Arizona and he was still great. So yeah. I don't know if he's still the best receiver in the league, but I agree that he is a game changer. Uh, it's something to you know, it's something to kind of monitor to see if, if that can kind of wake up the parts. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially after we saw from Devontae today. Yeah, he definitely has a, a has a claim as, as one of the best, if not the best in the league. But we'll talk about that later. Last point I had on this is that uh, throughout this game, so the Arizona defensive backs, I will say, uh, they sometimes have great days. Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, those guys, uh, they double and triple team Jefferson. Um, he was not open for most of this game, and he had to earn everything. And he did a little bit later in the game. But I have, I have to say I am kind of impressed with some of the Arizona defensive backs. They were they were a big reason why this game was close for, for a long time. But we'll move on to the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 22-17. to uh, Patriots defense and Belichick scrambled Zach Wilson's brain all day. And I have a question for you, O.Y. If Joe Flacco plays this game instead of basically this rookie Wilson, do the Jets win? agree and you're right that's what Bill Belichick does and that's his remaining strength in this league is being able to to to, to confuse young players like Zach Wilson that's exactly what he did today um I thought so the Jets go ahead so do you think that if, if the Jets keep winning let's say you know they get to like eight and three or something mm-hmm. do you think they make that call and put Flacco in you know what? I think they should. I don't know if they do, but I think they should absolutely, uh, because you have a very unique opportunity this year with that with that defense um, to make a run, especially because you've banked all these wins already. But on the other hand, they missed Brees Hall big time. I mean, Hamoud, you know, yeah. mentioned it, but that was that was a very very glaring um, you know omission today, um, him not being on the field. But yeah, to answer your question. I think they do. 
I think they do, especially when they get, you know, Corey Davis back and players like that. They have some good receivers. Um, but those running backs just aren't as good as Brees Hall. So, yeah. yeah. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins beating the Detroit Lions 31-27. to um, I thought this was going to be an upset. I thought the Lions were going to take this for a long time. It looks like they were. This was an incredible offensive explosion in the first half. Uh, and then Miami defense started to, to play. But the Detroit Lions defense uh, didn't because they never do. <laughs> what say you on this yeah. game? Yeah, they finally got Swift and Amon Ra back today, and maybe they're just knocking some rust off. But you know, Tyreek and Waddle are just an unfair advantage. Like, if this Lions defense wasn't bad enough, you put those two against them, and they're gonna keep yeah. eating. And my last point on this is that when they kept panning between McDaniel and Campbell, I thought these are the two most different looking coaches in the league. <laughs> And this is like yeah. seriously like you know like the, the the smart nerdy guy like outsmarting like the the jock like that's essentially what I thought happened today. Yeah, Daniel C- Campbell's like the guy who tries to take uh, Mike Daniel's uh, lunch money. Like, exactly. That's like kind of like what I see. Exactly, exactly, man. Moving on now to the New New Orleans Saints beating the Las Vegas Raiders twenty four to nothing. Saints shut them out. Saints at home are a completely different team than on the road. And um, I'm just going to start by saying this. Um, I've been a, a big fan of, of Carr throughout his career, but he's run out of rope. Um, I think the, the Raiders need to go ahead and move on from him. What did you see today? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably inclined to agree with you. I, it's just – so I – I'm not surprised that the Saints won, and I'm not even surprised that they won by multiple scores at home. You know, they have a solid defense, and New Orleans is one of the toughest places to play. I am very surprised 
that the Raiders laid a goose egg. Like, you have weapons on that team. You have a top three receiver, if not the best receiver. Like, you are loaded on offense for the most part. You should not go scoreless. Like, even like a field goal, like something, bro. Like, get on the scoreboard. Yeah. And for them to not do that was an abject failure. I think, you know, um, Derek Carr is like right. He's like right on that cusp of being like the definition of mediocre, you know? And I feel like I would actually put Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has always been that guy who's been defined as being like, you know, like being mid, mid tier. I feel like Cousins is probably better than Carr, actually, especially like, you know, that early, early window. And I would drop Carr, you know, a couple of notches here. And the other thing I would point out is that, bro, Josh McDaniels is not a good coach. Like, how many, like, how many, like, places is he going to go and suck as a head coach before people, like, stop giving him these opportunities? He yeah. clearly, you know, benefited from whatever was going on in New England, and that's where he kind of succeeded. It has not carried over. So that's my other thing to take away. You know, this is, like, this was an abject failure by the Raiders, so... Uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I agree with you, Mark. Yeah. No, yeah, you're and you bring up a good point about these uh, Patriots, um, you know, assistants. Uh, you can go back to Romeo Cornell, uh, Bill O'Brien. Um, oh wow, now you're stepping on the call. Uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, Matt Patricia, uh, Joe oh, Judge. Nice. The list goes on and on and on. And um, you're right; these Patriots, you know, once they leave New England, it's it's tough for them to succeed. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to the to, to, to the next game here as Naif joins us. Um, the Washington Commanders beat the Indianapolis Colts seventeen to sixteen. My main takeaway from this game: Terry McLaurin, an Indianapolis native, for the second straight game, single-handedly won this game for the Commanders. What did y'all see? Naif, are you there? You're right. You know, Hamoud did text me. 
and he said he couldn't make it today. He was he was traveling, but he said, "Let's crown Heineke the scrappiest QB of all time." That that's what Hamoud wanted me to, to to say on his behalf here. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Seattle Seahawks beating the New York Giants twenty-seven to thirteen. Uh, first thing I'll say is you're welcome, Cowboys fans. Second thing I'll say is it's halfway through this season, and this team that traded for their franchise quarterback and cut their best, best defensive player is first place in the NFC West. Both offense and defense showed out today. Metcalf and Lockett basically didn't practice all week. It was thought that they were going to miss this game through uh, w- with injury, but they played through pain. The pass rush is finally starting to show itself. Boye, Mafe, these kind of guys. It was non-existent for the first few weeks, um, and it's finally coming together. What did you guys – I'm going to stop. I mean, these are my Seahawks. I know I could talk about them, but I'm going to stop here. What did you guys think of this game? So, I'm just going to say, man, the Giants are the worst 6-2 and two team in NFL history. There we go. Yeah, I, I just, you know, to me this was just a team, like, an, an untalented team. You know, the Giants really don't have that much talent just running into a better team. I think the Seahawks – so, you know, I, I am, like, surprised. I didn't expect this. You know, I think they're just a better team, better coach team. Gino is, like, playing really well this year. Um, you know, I, in fact, I'll, I'll go up. Actually, I'll save that for, for my hot take. I'll wait. I'll wait. But, okay. um, yeah, I, I, think, I think this game was pretty simply just, you know, a, a subpar team playing a better team. We kind of saw it today. You know, given how the Giants, you know, couldn't put up the points, couldn't keep up. So, you know, my takeaway is that the true kind of like ceiling for the Giants kind of showed today. But hey, that's not to take away from what they've done in the first half of the year. That was it was impressive getting you know this far, uh, this early. But you know, you're just kind of starting to see that lack of talent show up. Absolutely, Naif. What did you have to 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 do? Uh, okay, he raised his hand. What do you have to say about your boy Gino? Hey man, the Seahawks look great. Um, oh, I really want to agree with you. But I, th- I think the Giants just went up against a great team in the Seahawks, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they have a bye coming up, and then they play the Texans and the, Eagle- and the uh, Lions. But I think they can get to 8-2 before they play the Cowboys again. But, uh, yeah, the Seahawks just looked great, man. That fourth quarter was great. You know, just balled out. Kenneth Walker struggled a bit. But he scored a late touchdown and sealed the deal. I, I think it was, it was a great Seahawks team. I don't think it was a bad Giants team, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, OY, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes with this, but I just want to close it out by saying I've, I've been watching Pete Carroll coach the Seahawks for, what is it, 12 years now? And they've been a great team for most of that time, if not pretty much all that time, except for maybe one or two years. And he's never gotten any coach of the year consideration. And I think it's finally time to give Pete Carroll, given everything that's happened, trading Russ, cutting Bobby, doing all this stuff, and then bringing in you know, Gino to start and then bringing this team that's supposed to be tanking and having this kind of success first place in the NFC West and the NFC West after, you know, midway through the season and still maybe in line to get a good draft pick with the, you know, the, the good Broncos pick, even though they won today, it's not going to be as great, but maybe still a top 10 pick. I think he has consideration for coach of the year, but we'll move on to the uh, next game. San Francisco 49ers beating the Los Angeles Rams. 31 to 14. 
Uh, this is, you know, this continues the Niners' domination of the Rams in the regular season, and it happened again. Well, Jesse. Yeah, this was uh, this was a really impressive win. I think um, I did not expect the 49ers to a win this game with so many, or with Debo being out, and b I did not expect them to. Definitely did not expect them to kind of uh, trounce the Rams that, like they did. I think the Rams were at home, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, not that it matters. There's no home field advantage there, but that's true. Um, I didn't expect that. So that's that's pretty impressive, and that's kind of why you know I've always thought that the 49ers are in that contender, that tier of contenders, uh, because of how good that roster is. So, and you know, hey, what you know, for one week that Christian McCaffrey trade kind of like paid off. I don't think it's going to pay off yeah. long term, but it paid off for one week. So whoever has him on fantasy is a happy dude, right? Or happy lady right now. Yeah, you're right. Three touchdowns. Uh, Nayef, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, I think we got a, we got we caught a glimpse on uh, how the Niners want to use McCaffrey. Honestly, it's criminal what the Panthers received for. I mean, for what the Niners gave up, it's, it's absolutely nothing. But, but, uh, I just keep using them this way. I think they're going to be threat deep in the playoffs. I hope he gets in. Yeah. Yeah. No, unfortunately, you're right. And um, also, my takeaway here from the Rams is that they're too finesse of a team to be competitive uh, anymore, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they're tough enough. And I, I see, I kind of see that like week after week. Um, they're just like not even on defense. Like they have Jalen Ramsey's good. I know Aaron Donald's good. Yes, but it just like overall, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they're tough enough. They also, I think, this thing about the home field and all these other fans coming in there every single week and taking over there. It's just like very discouraging to them. There's like a Super Bowl hangover. I don't see them getting very far. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But moving on to the to the last game, uh, Tennessee Titans beat the Houston Texans seventeen to ten. Uh, I think this was, and I'm gonna, you know, let let uh, let Nayef talk here after this. But I think this was the seventh straight game against the. So Derrick Henry's seventh straight game against the Houston Texans, where he had 200 yards and two touchdowns. Seventh straight time. Nayef, you were right. The floor is yours. Hey, I, I, I told I told you it's gonna be the Derrick Henry show. I, I did not think Malik Willis would throw 10 passes, but uh, I, I don't know how the Texans lost this one, to be honest. They should have just let Malik Willis throw to open receivers because it doesn't make any sense. You knew the t- Titans were going to run the ball all day, and you still couldn't stop him. Henry just ran wild. I mean, what can you say? He's, he's been on fire this year, man. He's bounced back. Yeah. Oh, why? What do you got from this game? Uh, yeah, so I actually didn't watch this game mm. um, too much. So I, I, I don't know if I have too much, too much input, but mm. I'm not surprised by <clears throat> Derrick Henry kind of going off a little bit. It's it's starting to get to that time of the year where, you know, he, he'll start or they're going to start trying to ramp him up. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, I, I expect Ryan Tannehill to be back at some point because uh, yeah. otherwise, Otherwise, I think they would have tried to involve Malik Willis a little bit more, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Malik Willis looked really shaky at the beginning of this game. I didn't see much of the the end of it. I guess uh, Nayef, um, 
he doesn't look that great. Or I guess they didn't give him a lot of opportunities. Maybe he's just a rookie first start, probably nervous. Um, I didn't realize Derrick Henry owns the Texans like this. I don't think he's going to have amazing stats like this every single game. Um, on the Texans side, uh, Davis Mills, I thought last year, showed a lot of promise. But he's not as good as I, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he would be better this year. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have that much talent to work with, admittedly, but he is definitely not maximizing it, which I think is a sign of, uh, of a good quarterback. So, anyway, we'll go ahead and close it with that in terms of recapping the games, and we'll get to the hot takes. And, oh, why? I know you had one, so floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just burning to get this one off my chest. So, um my hot take is that this year, so far, as far as the season has been played, I think that, okay, so if we if we don't count the dinosaurs in the NFC, and by the dinosaurs I mean the guy in Tampa and the guy in Green Bay, if we just kind of like take them out of the question, because I don't even consider them anymore, they're like 100 million years old, so whatever. Hmm. I Now, generally, I've, I'm taking my guy, I think Dak is, would be the best quarterback in the conference if you take those guys out but this year mm-hmm. i'm gonna give it to your guy based on how he's played and based on how you know dax only played two games so i can't give it to him i think gino has been the best quarterback in the nfc not named brady or rogers this year and that's my that's kind of my take uh, especially considering you know the context the circumstances nobody was expecting it i think it's a great story i think he um he and Saquon are the, the, the front runners for the comeback player of the year. Um, and it's funny because it's two different kind of scenarios, right? You have one guy who was kind of benched, thought of as a, as, a, as, a, as a backup quarterback, and then you have another guy coming off, you know, uh, injury. So my nod take of this week is that I think Geno has been the best, con- best quarterback in the NFC outside of the two dinosaurs. So that's kind of where I would that's basically my take. Amazing, amazing. Love that take. Nayef, do you have a hot take or do you want to talk about your dub V MVP? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to take it back on what Omar said. I'll say Gina has been the best quarterback in the NFC, including those two dinosaurs. Those two dinosaurs have been what they have done. Frauds. Brady can't cheat. Rodgers isn't doing drugs. Gina looks better. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, you know, um, I'm not going to really, you know, of course, this is a Homer thing to say, but I kind of mentioned it before. Um, I do think Pete Carroll deserves to be coach of the year, at least at the halfway point. And I think he's going to continue to maximize his talent here. And especially given all the circumstances, I think he's very, very deserving of it. Um, From what I'm seeing from the Seahawks now, if the 49ers continue to um, suffer uh, injuries on the on uh, on their defense, uh, and like I said, the Rams. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, the Cardinals. They're just not a well-rounded enough team. I think Seahawks are going to win this NFC West. And then just the last thing I'll say. I mentioned it before. I think it's time to bench Derek Carr. I think the experiment is over. I'm sorry, but anyway, we'll go ahead and conclude it here. Naif, what did you, you say something? He sucks. He's the worst quarterback in the NFL. He sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was wrong. He he tries so hard, but the skill just like it isn't there. It isn't there. So, anyway, I want to thank you guys so much for hopping on for this week eight NFL recap roundtable. OY NF Graham. Thank you so much for joining Football v Football Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, football underscore v underscore football. Follow us on Twitter, Fball v Fball. Watch it on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and support us on Kofi, ko-fi.com forward slash football v football. Again, Omar Youssef, NF Graham. Thanks so much for joining today and have a fantastic day, football fans. Thank you guys. Thanks, guys.